Hello, everybody. Welcome to IntelliCast. Didn't get the chance to hear the music, so I guess we're not going to talk about that. But um, thanks for joining. I feel like we haven't recorded in forever, Brian. How are you? I'm doing good. It has been over a week. We had a little spring break on our side. Yep, we had two guests postponed, so it's just going to be you and I today. We'll have some guests coming on soon. Uh, this episode brought to you by EMI Research Solutions. Reach us at IntelliCast at EMI-RS.com. Follow us on Twitter, EMI underscore research or IntelliCast1. Text us, 513-401-5463. Brian, what's going on? Oh, not a whole lot. It is over 70 here. It feels like we've hit late March. It's great. Yeah, it's amazing. I love it. Yeah, the weather couldn't be any nicer here. Well, you mentioned the music. I know you didn't get to listen to it, but our listeners did hear the music. Um, if they know, if they listened to the last episode, they realized we switched the music up again. Uh, oh, did we? I, okay. Yeah, so we I put it out on the last episode and didn't mention it. I wanted to. It was more of an experiment on my part to see if anybody would say anything. Um, and so it's been a week and a half, and there has been no mention of it. Isn't that crazy? It is. It's crazy to me. So, do we want to mention what the new song is if if people don't know? Yeah, sure. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Okay. I don't even remember the name of the song. Well, I think it's EMI, is it not? Is it called EMI? I think so, yeah. Cool. Yeah. A listener sent that to us. It's uh, It's called EMI. It's kind of unique. We liked it, so we're we're gonna play it indefinitely, right? Yeah, until one of us gets sick of it. Yeah, yeah, but it won't be me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like it. Yeah, so uh, let us know what you guys think as well. So yeah, please give us feedback. We'd love to hear your feedback on this. I've got two personal topics for you. You can pick one. Okay, what you got? Are you ready? This um, we have no show prep. Number one, number one would be the EMI April Fool's pranks. Number two, a discussion around social norms in the workplace as we change back to moving someday into back and working in an office environment. I think we should do both, but let's start with the April Fool's prank. Okay, you want to set it up or me? I you can set it up. Okay. Um, so at EMI, we have uh, weekly meetings, company-wide meetings like most companies do, and um, insights and marketing. That's Brian and I's positions. We get one company meeting a month, and sales gets a meeting, and um, our partner and data quality meeting, and then we have a sales meeting. So we always get the first meeting of the month. It's the first Thursday of the month. This past Thursday was that meeting, and that was April 1st. And we realized that the day before, right? I think it was in the afternoon on the 31st. Yeah, you messaged me saying, hey, we need to do something for this. <laughs> so, you know, like 3 o'clock on March 31st, we're like, well, we have to prank the whole company. And I had more fun, the most fun I've had in a long time, just kind of giggling, planning this out. So we did, it turned out to be two truths and two lies. Is that right? Two truths, two lies? Yes. Yeah, it, that's how it ended up. We were going to go... A truth and two, we were going to go two truths in a lie, but then we added a fourth near the end there. Yes. So, so the four stories, and I'll I'll keep the I'll keep it uh, blinded who we talked about. But first one was we're opening the office back up full time on May first. Everybody's coming back in. 
full time, eight to five, back to normal. Even people from out of town are coming back in. That was the first story. We should mention that before we started saying these stories, like these yeah. announcements, that we yeah. also said we were not going to take any questions for these announcements at the beginning of this. <laughs> Well, since because, we said that, people were like, oh, I have questions about the office boat in the back. I'm like, do you understand the game? Like, it's two truths and two lies. Like, clearly, two of them are lies and two of them are truths. There's no, like, probing. Right. Yeah. That was the first one. Um, second one was that we saw the podcast. <laughs> we saw yep. the podcast. I'm not going to mention who it was, but the company that we sold it to, I'm using sold in quotes, we had a member of their team who's a listener of the podcast do a fake video <laughs> faking us for the podcast. And I think that threw people for a loop, even though there were some jokes within that video. It was it was clearly fake, but I'm not sure if everybody got it. That was story number two, right? Yep. Um, story number three. We, re- we recently released the Sample Landscape Report. It's our third edition, and it's one of the biggest things we do every year, and it's 130 pages. We've talked about it before, but we, we, we mentioned that we sold the naming right to another company and that for legal reasons, you had to call it the uh, this other company, the other company's Sample Landscape Report. And um, we were still going to do all the work, but they just bought the naming rights. Right. For like a ridiculously low price or something, right? I think we said it was like five grand a year. Yeah. Yeah. So not that bad. And then the funny thing is later on in the meeting before we revealed which one were the fake ones, everybody was referring to it as that company sample landscape report. That was pretty funny. I kind of reinforced it when we actually got into the the real part of our meeting that I was giving an update on. I was still calling it that just to reinforce it. Yes. Uh, then the fourth, the fourth story was that we were going to start selling banner ads on the website. Yep, and we listed yep. a bunch of our competitors. And then we said that um, we had another company that was going to advise us on these banner ads and that they noticed that we had a lot of traffic in India and China. And um, so we were selling banner ads to a lot of companies that were based in China and India. And they weren't even market research companies. They were random companies. <laughs> I think I mentioned pharmaceutical distributors in China at one point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So then I think people were freaking out, especially about the office opening up. That was probably yeah. the one we went a little bit too far. Um, that, because I think that people are probably, Yeah, that would probably hit a little too close to home. A Even lot of people. Was, I, yeah. yeah. Even though it was ridiculous. I think people were sensitive to that. So that was probably the one story we shouldn't have said. But anyway, they were all fake, obviously. Um, and I thought we'd get in trouble. We didn't get in any trouble. So next year, we're clearly going to do, do more than that. Yeah. All, the only thing we got from that was that our boss told us we were never allowed to do the April Fool's joke again. Or to oh. run the company meeting on April Fool's Day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So That's hilarious. So um, I will add to this story. So I was a guest on Little Bird's on an upcoming episode of Little Bird Marketing's podcast. And prior yes. to recording, I was on there with a couple other people, Kristen Luck and Ann Brown and yep. Priscilla as well. And I told them this story of what we did. And I had all of them howling because they thought it was great. Oh, awesome. So awesome. Well, good. Well, glad you got to share the story. Hopefully, yeah. 
Yeah. Priscilla found it particularly well when I said that, hey, yeah, we partnered with Little Bird for the banner ads. She thought that yeah. was hysterical. So. Yeah. No, awesome. Um, I think we should sh- save the other story for next podcast. An upcoming Okay. Podcast. That sounds good. Yeah. All right. You want to move into some market research news then? Yeah, let's do some news. All right. First up, Schlesinger is out there on the acquisition trail again. They have acquired Addison Research. Yeah. Um, Addison Research is a smaller company based in Canada. Uh, do you know them? Do you, do I do not, Addison? no. Okay. They're headquartered in Toronto, and I found it interesting that clients in Asia, Pacific, North America, and Europe, so they're pretty big, and they have, you know, they do qual and quant, and just add this, um, add this to the Schlesingers are building this just conglomerate and they have a small panel for qual. And so adding that to their other qual panels that they already have. And so Schlesinger just continues to kind of take advantage of the current situation in the marketplace and look for opportunities to grow. And I mean, they're, they're really emerging. So this is just more news. Right. I, I see it as them, they're picking and choosing, Hey, this one is going to be very complimentary to what we're already offering. Yeah. Our offerings. It might be a, fill in smaller gaps. They're not they're not making these acquisitions to get into hundreds of different markets or add in big new products. It's hey, this complements what we already have really well. So let's add this piece in. Yeah. Yep. All right. Our next story, Holland Partners, a brand researcher and consultancy, has launched AI Live, what they are calling the world's first living market segmentation tool. This tool incorporates behavioral and survey data from Dynata and technology from consumer intelligence tool Power, Power View, with Power spelled P-O-W-R. Yeah, this just the news story is almost like an April Fool's prank on me, I think. Um, but it's not. It's true. So Holland Partners, which is a very well-respected company, um, as you mentioned, has launched I guess it's AI Live. It's Alive, but and it's all caps. And then there's like an AI, like it's artificial intelligence alive. Like, okay. Um, and then <laughs> the consumer intelligence tool Power of You, which is PLWR. I don't know what's going on in the world. I guess we're running out of words and people hate vowels, but that's that, that's what's happening. It's hard to even folk for me. And I apologize to Holland Partners and Dynata and PowerView and Alive and to Europe and, and everybody that um, I don't even really understand the with the news stories. I can't get past the first paragraph, but Holland Partners, again, very well respected. I mean, everybody knows them. They're great researchers and they're doing some apparently some really cool stuff. I mean, I love market segmentation. So, I mean, when you're adding behavioral and data and survey data, um, and then you're putting all this stuff together to build something. It's 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 kind of cool. I just wish it had a different name so I could get past the past it. Yeah, oh, I've had this in there for the naming reason and for the actual story component of it. Yeah, and it's a going a little relevant. more inside. We have something coming up that I've suggested a name that caught in a follows. I knew I didn't. So leading up to that meeting, I purposely didn't tell you my suggestion for the name because yeah. I knew you would hate it. Oh, I don't hate it. It's, that it's better than I thought. Okay, I don't that hate surprises it. surprises me. It yeah. has a unique spelling. It's missing vowels. Yeah, well, when we get the podcast, I might hate it. I think it may be on a different mindset. 
when it's more front and center. Yeah. So Hollow Partners, Living Segmentation, Call it Alive with AI Alive. I don't know how to pronounce it in Power of You with no E. Yeah. There's no E in you. I don't even know what that means. Yeah. This next story is probably going to have a bit of conversation for us. So Google is testing a replacement for their third-party cookies called their Federated Learning of Cohorts, or Flock. They hope that this will protect user data privacy while allowing advertisers to analyze data to help targeted advertising. I know a few episodes back we talked about one of the articles that was written about how survey data could replace the cookies, but it looks like we're going to be in we're going to be headed to an area where there's going to be a variety of different potential solutions out there and no uniform single one. What do you think? Yes. Well, I still don't understand this. Um, can you explain this to a layman? Like, what, what's going on in the world? So with the rise of all of these data privacy legislations from GDPR to CCPA to whatever Nevada has, there's some in like, what is it, Connecticut, something like that. But yep. all of these are popping up there. I think there's one in Canada as well. It's people taking back their data. They don't want where right now you visit a website, you get a cookie on your site. So they kind of know who you are um, and it kind of follows you around. So it's calculating different things to know about you that then advertisers can use to target ads to you. So a great example is if say you go to Google and you want to search for you're thinking about going on vacation. So you search all inclusive resorts in Cancun, Mexico. Yep. Okay. Click on, you see one. Oh, this one sounds interesting. You click on it. And then maybe a couple days later, you are scrolling through um, Yahoo news or something like that, or you're on a different page and you start seeing ads for that along the side. Well, you've been cookied when you got there and they're using that tar- that cookie to yeah. target you for the ads. So they know, hey, the person at that IP address looking for a Cancun vacation and they visited this site. That So you have that, but think of it across anything and everything you do online. Okay. And this is going away. Yes. Google has announced that they are going to be doing a, they are going to be eliminating third-party cookies from their browser on Chrome uh, coming up here. I want to say 2022. Don't hold me to that date. I, I don't have it off the top of my head. But with that, there needs to be a replacement then since Google holds the majority of traffic for search engines. Yes. Kind of what Google says kind of goes. So that's leading everyone to do that because part of that is too, if you no longer have cookies, that's a component of these privacy acts. You won't need to adhere to anymore because right now you go to Facebook. Oh, I want all the information you have on me. Well, they're going to come back with all the cookies they've yeah. installed. Well, yeah. now if they don't have c- these cookies, you they install on your comp- browser every time. Well, now they don't have to give them to you because they don't exist anymore. So, but this leads while great for consumers, bad for advertisers because you're now you're not going to be able to target your ads where even in market research, we don't go gen pop for everything. If you're trying to get, if you're trying to get people with type two diabetes, you're not going out gen pop. You add a little targeting in there. 
little screening. Maybe you have panels that specialize in patient ailments and you're getting, you're known, hey, I know this group is pre-screened and pre-targeted for type 2 diabetes. Same thing for this. I want to say, oh, I want to target market research professionals for these LinkedIn ads or for my Google paid ads. Well, I won't necessarily have that. They won't be able to target on that because there won't be anything to reference to know what is what. Yeah. So this is what they're looking for a replacement for that that kind of still helps the advertiser piece because by doing away with that, Google is threatening their core kind of source of revenue. Yeah. But also helping the consumer. So it's kind of a line that they're going to have to figure out how to straddle. And there is no clear cut new way to do this. So you have, we know cookies are going away. I mean, even in the market research field, people are migrating away from that in terms of digital fingerprinting and all of that. That's they're finding new ways to do this. So as this goes away, the question will be, well, how do I keep this revenue engine running if I'm doing away with one of the key fat key reasons of why people advertise on here. Right. So. That's a that's a lot of money they could potentially be losing. So they're gonna try yeah. to Yeah. Trillions with a T. Yeah, that's a lot that's too much money to just say, yeah, we're not we're not gonna do targeted advertising any longer. Right. And if you if you read through this article, it's not like they're just gonna roll this out to everybody. They're testing this in a variety of different markets and di- at smaller audiences to see how it works. Cause right now they have, they have time to figure this out and they want, this is what they think will work. If it doesn't work. Okay. Now they can go back and look for something different. But my guess is that this, they're already way farther down the path than they've ever announced to anybody that yeah. they know this will work. But I think it's just proof of concept at this point. Yeah. Yep. Um, really interesting. That affects our world because we, you know, a lot of, Sample companies uh, leverage the same third-party data that advertisers do. So this will certainly affect us as well. That's the impact of sampling and research. Right. So, And that brings in of Google has this. We've talked about survey data potentially being the replacement. It's now kind of what is going to replace it. Think back to uh, your wild days of when DVDs, were kind of hit their peak and then you had Blu-ray and I think it was Ultravot or HD yeah. DVDs. You had both of those come out and everyone was kind of picking a side. Yeah. At that case, there was only two. There ended up, all right, Blu-ray, Blu-ray ended up winning, but not for very long because then streaming took popular. Think I think we're going to hit into that stage where you're going to have three or four front runners and it's going to compete in every whatever ends up having the best kind of partnerships and working that's going to end up going up front and end up the other ones will drop away. I don't think this is going to be something quick. I think this is going to probably take a couple of years. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, that I feel like I talked more just then than I have in the last two episodes. No, it was a lot. I mean, this is a, such a relevant topic that I don't think most researchers understand the impact of and so you know we talk about these stories a lot because not because they're trendy or even that interesting but it's going to affect market research and advertising and our whole world and so to stay on top of these new stories um you know we i'm glad that you're around so you know 
we can kind of combine efforts on your, you obviously the marketing side and me, how it affects research. And we'll bring that back to the, the company. Um, yeah. it's, it's, it's super important. So I'm glad we're talking about it. Yeah. Uh, our next story is friend of the podcast. Arundhati Dandapani has been named chief editor and intelligence officer, as well as for the Canadian research insights council or CRIC but she was also named the COO at the Certified Analytics and Insights Professionals of Canada, the CAIP. I mean, so it, we, we, we joked around with her when she's been on the podcast like at least twice, maybe three times, but twice, yeah. Um, that she does so much. And this will be, we're having an upcoming guest that also does a lot. I don't know how people do so much. I don't know how you are the CEO of this one organization and you were just named um, chief editor and intelligence officer of another, and you're the founder of another company, and you're heavily involved in the Insights Association, and you're heavily involved in all of these groups. That's just amazing. I mean, she deserves it. She's she's a workhorse. She loves what she does. She's easy to work with. She's pleasant. She's smart. She's bringing new um, ways of reaching people in the industry and new topics. So, I mean, I'm really happy for her. This is awesome. She'd probably tell us that sleep is overrated, would be my guess. I guess. I don't know what it is, but that, I mean, she is driven. So, I mean, Canada's lucky to have her because she is, um, she's just going to, she'll do great things there. Yeah. And in our final story, Decision Analyst has partnered with Disco to integrate Disco sampling technology into their platform. Yeah, I think, I think this is a trend you'll see more of um, that a full service company will announce a partnership with a sample company. And um, I think this happens a lot more than we see press releases on, but decision analyst is obviously, that's a company that's been around for a long time, very well respected. And so is Disco. Uh, we work with Disco as a disclaimer. They're awesome. And um, so the, I think a lot of companies will start announcing deals where, um, they provide all the sample, and in turn, Disco will utilize decision analysts for all their full service capabilities. And I, you know, I think it's a good move. Yeah, I do too. It, it's an easy expansion of your offerings. Yep. Um, so we're happy for the people at Disco, and happy for decision analysts as well. That's the last news story. I felt like we had a million. No, that was the last of them. All right. Well, man, enjoy the short episode, everybody. We'll have guests next week. Fingers crossed on that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, um, love any feedback you guys have on the music, on the topics, on the guests, um, on Google cookies. And we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, everybody. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.